Hello, my name is Pastor Greg Wolf. Welcome to the Jordan Assembly of God Church Sunday Service Podcast. The series that we are doing is titled Life in Christ. It is currently going through the book of Galatians. If you would like to listen to past podcasts, please go to agjordanmt.com and follow the links. Or you may also search for Jordan AG on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Podbean. I'm glad you are here, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Now, without further introduction, Life in Christ. We are in Life in Christ Part 9, and the title of this is Better to Wait. And we are going to be going to Isaiah, once I find it here. Like I said, I was expecting a, a, a different Bible up here than I am, so... Um, you're going to get the benefit for those people who love the King James Version. This is a, a King James Version Bible, so there you are. Isaiah 54, 1 through 8, and it says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married life, or married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy, heart, thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Now, if you're not a comfortable King James Version, there's new King James Versions in there. And yes, I am actually reading out of the Bible. Okay, <laughs> just saying. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy mouth, or, sorry, the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore, for thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou want, wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Let's pray really quick. Lord God, we just, we just come before you to get to know you, to know your word, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that our hearts and minds will be open to you. In your name I pray. Amen. In this series, Paul is passionately wanting people to know, to follow Christ. People love to get lost in structure and frame or forms of law. I believe this. Really? So do I. Oh, let's go find other people that believe the same thing. It, it makes us feel comfortable when we're around people who, who just agree with us. That's not what God does. God takes people who disagree and bridges that gap with Jesus and molds us into something. Because you do not learn around people who agree with you. You only learn around people who have a disagreement or who can discuss with you in different, in different ways. 
you need to have that ability to be able to listen to other people's viewpoints and, and perceptions and be able to understand that my relationship in Jesus is not based on what other people believe. It's based on the relationship I have in Jesus with the Christ the Messiah. In this church right now, there are many different people that believe or think a different way. Perfectly fine. We're grounded in one solid faith, and that is the faith of Jesus. Because if we're focusing on Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and we're focusing on God, that's where it needs to go. It's not about whether or not you agree with this or whether or not you agree with this. Can we agree on this one thing? That Jesus Christ died on the cross. That Jesus Christ rose again. And that by believing in Jesus, and by believing in the death on the cross, and by believing that his blood cleanses us from sin, and by believing in the resurrection, that we are found, that we are saved. And if it's at one point, if it's even if it's at one true point of where we can actually agree upon, may that be the foundation with which we actually launch on. Because it is Jesus Christ that gives us the ability to be able to minister and witness because it is by his love for us. It's by God's love for us that we are saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And yes, I did memorize that in the King James Version. We like to take these approaches and these things and we like to make our own viewpoints around those things. And Jesus is saying, just simply come follow after me. Come have a relationship with me. The law governs the flesh, but through Christ we have the Spirit of God, which means this. If I can get away with it, what, what, is, what is the statement that a, that a police officer told me one time? You're only guilty if you're caught. But see, the Spirit of God, it doesn't operate like that. There's a right and a wrong, no matter what. Whether or not you're caught or not, he always knows. So the law governs the flesh, but the Spirit of God that, that resides within us, that's what governs us. So if we're listening to God and we're listening to that relationship, we really don't get a, we don't have the ability to say, well, nobody caught me, nobody saw me. We don't get that because it's the Spirit of God within us. So if we go into Galatians chapter 4, and we're looking at verses, uh, starting in uh, verse 21, Paul addresses our want for that kind of structure of law in verse 21. Ye is you, by the way, for those just to under, understand a little bit of the King James. And it says, tell me ye that desire to be, uh, to, to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, or a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. This is very significant here. Which things are an allegory for these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which uh, gendereth to bondage, or like puts us under bondage, which is Agar, for this, Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Notice the reference. 
Break forth and cry that thou travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. And basically what he's saying is, and, and I read this, this scripture in Isaiah, that was the very first one that I read. And basically, the husband is God, right? But what they're saying is that that one over there has so many more children. And back in that time, and still kind of in today's realm, if you don't have kids, you're kind of looked down upon or whatever in, in society. But God doesn't, God doesn't, you know, first off, he doesn't actually judge that way. But what you have is people looking at others and saying, well, they're so blessed and they're this and they're that. But it is your relationship with God that produces it is not what seems to everybody else as, as being a blessing or as being successful. To many people, having a job and making $200,000 a year or $100,000 a year or something along those lines or whatever, that is considered successful. In God's eyes, what is success? You know, What is success for God? What is success for a person who follows after Christ? It doesn't look anything like what the, what the world looks like. The world says if somebody does something against you, you repay that person in kind. God says if somebody does something against you, love them. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Love your enemies? How in the world do you do that? I know that I constantly bring that up, but it's something that's so very, very important to understand that the reality of success has nothing to do with what other people feel like. The reality of success is your relationship with God. Because here's the thing. You can be the best person at your job. You're still not going to gain eternity. The world can see you as this most successful person does not give you access to eternity. I don't know about you, but when I die and I enter into eternity, I really, 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 truly want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter thou into thy rest. That's what I want to hear. I do not want to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. And do I fear that every single day? No. But do I have a fear of God? Yes. Let me, let me clarify that a little bit. I don't fear for my salvation every single day. I don't wonder if I'm saved. I don't question if I'm saved. I don't question my relationship with God through Jesus. Because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. I believe in what the scripture says. But do I respect and fear God? I should, yeah, because he is the one that sits in judgment and he is the one that is on the high. And so I come to him knowing who he is, and identifying who the creator of the world is. He is the one that's changing my heart. He is the one changing my life. Anything that I can point to is absolutely because God has done it within me. I can show you who I was, the angry person, the judgmental person, the critical person, the nitpicky person that was that. And every once in a while, you may see some evidences of that old person kind of rising up every so often. Why? Because turns out, I still deal with that. But here's what God has taught me. 
God has taught me to love in spite of things. God has taught me to not be critical, not be judgmental. I do no longer live or need to live as that old person. I now am a new creation. Do I struggle with that old person? Yeah, because it's something that always wants to. Do, do I, can I be a very critical person? Yes, I don't want to be. Can I be a very angry person? Yeah, I don't want to be. Why? There was a time when I, I thought that that was the way to live. I thought that that was the way things were supposed to be. Turns out, God showed a different way. Showed me that even though if a person is angry with me, I don't have to be angry with them. Even if a person does something against me, I don't have to do something against them. That even if a person just doesn't like me, doesn't mean I can't like them. They don't have to, they don't have to associate with me, they don't have to like me, they don't have to do anything with me. I can still like them because I can only do something about me. And turns out, God had to do a lot in me in order to be able to get to that point. So, if we were following characteristics of the law, the law says when you are this person, that's who you are. But when you follow after Christ, You're not identified as that anymore, but you're identified as a follower, a child of God, a follower of Christ. And that's the most awesome thing. So don't look at it the way the world looks at it, because in Christ you are free. But things done outside that relationship may have consequences that are governed by the law. So remember, the law governs the flesh. So in Christ we are free. But when I go outside of that and I start reacting in that old way, I get angry with a person and I start doing some things that I know I shouldn't be doing, then that's where the law comes in and Peg, you know, has to talk to me and give me, you know, like a good talking to. But at any rate, but the law governs the flesh of what I actually do on the outside of that. And there's consequences, but can I be free? Yes. I know of a really awesome, awesome people who in their past has done some really, really, really bad things. And they went to prison, and they spent the rest of their life in prison. But guess what? They surrendered their life unto God, they found Jesus, and they found a freedom. And guess what? God used them to minister the reality of the salvation of Jesus Christ in a person's heart that that salvation is not based on where you are located, nor based on how people think of you. It is based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so, ministering that reality, there are people who have found Christ. And people are like, oh, but that person, what they did, you know what? I can't do anything about that. And I can't do anything about what what went on. I do, however, know that God sent his son to die on the cross For everybody. Not just for the people who we think deserve it. And you know what God says about this? God says he will have grace upon whom he has grace. He will have mercy upon whom he has mercy. Nobody tells God what to do. Just saying. So, do not look upon the successes or the failures of people, but rather look to who you are married to. God is the one that we have the relationship with. And Paul
Paul is saying better to be free in promise than to live in bondage. The law is definitely a bondage, and sometimes, as our flesh, sometimes that that is needed to have happen. However, in our spirit, does not have to live by that. And then he continues on. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, this is Galatians 5, by the way, chapter 5. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. And this is those things, that you cannot pick and choose from the law to do certain things. You have to do the whole law in order to accomplish the law. It's not just a little bit. And that's what so many people get lost in. They're like, well, I agree with this portion of law, I agree with this portion of law, but I do not agree with that. That is not how that works. That is not how that works. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Because you're pointing to something that does not save. That, that does not save. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of, righteous, of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith with work which worketh by love. So, basically saying that my moral conviction that through Jesus Christ we find salvation, this conviction working in us through, that word through, Primary preposition denoting the channel path of an act. Something that has to go, you have to be crossing through this. You have to be going through this in order to make it work. Importance. You need to work through love with a mustard seed of understanding because you're thinking of whatever your version of love is. Now let's be very honest. Our version of love can be very selfish. I love you if. I love you as long as. I love you while I feel this way. But the Greek word that is used for love in here is not just basic love. It is not the love that a brother has to another brother. It's not the love that a wife has to a husband. It's not the love that a parent has to a child. It is the Greek word called agape. And agape means full love. And that love, by the way, can only be given by God. And that love has to be something that is put in us. It's not something that we can just have. So if you can, with a little bit of little bit of mustard seed of understanding, start walking in the relationship with Jesus Christ, understanding that my moral conviction, that, that my definition of I want to follow after Jesus and I'm going to focus on Jesus and I'm going to focus my life on Jesus, then if you can go with that mustard seed, you're going to start to learn what it means to love because it is not it is not by other people you're going to learn this it is by walking with God through Jesus Christ that you're going to find that kind of love and then you're going to start changing and you're going to start seeing people in a different way and you might be looking at me and thinking wow Greg that's I don't quite understand that I understand that. I get that. Understand that I'm on like a, a, like I'm, I'm not above you I'm on the same path but there's some things that, that God has walked me through that maybe hasn't walked you through. And so we're all walking through this. And so I'm going to say that when God got me out of, you know, out of my stuff, and not to mention he found more stuff for me to work on. Apparently he knew all this stuff beforehand. He knew what I needed to work on. That's pretty amazing to me, I'm just saying. 
But once he walked me through a little bit, when I look back at my old life, my encouragement for you, wherever you are in Jesus, keep hanging on because it is so awesome. It is so cool. Have you ever wanted to be able to walk into an area that is filled with anger and not get angry? Have you ever gone home after getting angry and felt good about yourself? I don't know about you, I sure haven't. When I lived that life, it seemed like the only way to live. It seemed like the only thing that I could do. What is the most appropriate way to respond to a person who cuts you off into traffic? Trust me, there's nothing good about that response. And I would go and I would drive in two-hour traffic that would normally take you a half hour to get from one point to one another point, and after two hours you're going whatever. And I'd get home and I'd be so tense, and I would be just a tingle and whatever, and I felt like I won. God showed me another way. If you feel that that is the only way to live, I'm going to tell you this much right now. It is not. Anger is not the way to live life. Arguments are not the way to live life. How do I know that? Because God showed me that I can be in the midst of traffic and I can still love people. I can be in the midst of anger and still like people. I can be in the midst of an argument and still like the person that's arguing with me. Like them, not just love them. I like them. That comes with a relationship. God calls us to love. But we got to get something down first that we often skip. we got to learn to love God. And when we learn to love God, we learn what it means to love other people. Because why? Because God shows us how to love ourselves. My dad did something all the time with the veterans when he was a chaplain at the VA chapel. And I've used it in counseling, and I've used it in other areas. And it's good for just basically anybody. I've used it for myself as well. You go into a mirror and you point at yourself. And it's like, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And because of that, I love you. And it's learning to wait on the Lord. It is better to wait on what God has in store for you rather than point at the successes of what things to be out there. Because the character with which God is developing in you, there's no time limit on that. There is no, you have to feel this way. It's God working in you. And understand that that is what people, people like to see. Oh, well, they, they feel this way or they're acting this way or whatever. God doesn't do anything like that. God says, follow after me. Some people will, will go and they'll jump and they'll get all these successes. And some people, it takes a really good long time to get successes. And that's fine too. Understand that we're all walking this route. And we all need to. So it's better to wait for what God has in store for you than to jump the gun and try and come up with a different solution. Because it really, really doesn't work. One is of bondage because it's of the flesh. And there's consequences that will surround it. And one is of promise. Where are we going to go? Don't put yourself underneath bondage. Follow after Jesus. Follow after Christ. And waiting. Uh, by the way, this message, this title of this message, uh, Better to Wait. Um, I am not one known for waiting. If you, if you question that, just ask my wife. She'll, she'll tell you. I'm not one that waits. 
very easily at all in any way, shape, or form. I always like jumping the gun. And I've dealt with the consequences of jumping the gun as well, too. But if you wait, things are so much better in all things of life. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are and what you do. I pray, Lord God, that you may be upon those that are watching this right now or that will watch this later. I also, Lord God, I, I pray for that you may um, minister to our hearts and minds. And I pray, Lord God, that we may just have a wonderful rest of the day and good week and bring us back here safely. In your name I pray. Amen.